This edition of The Standard is brought to you by the AXA Startup Angel Competition. I'm Sharma Dean Reed, founder and CEO of The Stack World, and I'm here to help you turn your business dream into reality. There are six chances to win the competition, including two top prizes of £25,000, mentoring from myself and leading UK founders, plus business insurance for a year, thanks to AXA. Go to standard.co.uk forward slash AXA Startup Angel for details on how to enter and complete your entry by the 2nd of June, 2024. Good luck. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. From the Evening Standard in London, I'm David Marsland, and this is The Leader. It was only a few days ago that the choirs were out in St Paul's as part of an annual fundraising event for the Clergy Support Trust. You can watch that on the Cathedral's YouTube channel. Now this icon of the London landscape apparently needs the cash itself. So Christopher Wren's 400-year-old masterpiece could close to visitors because all those international tourists who normally fill the hall and sometimes climb the stairs of the dome haven't been coming thanks to the pandemic. The cathedral needs a lot of money for renovations and repairs. It's not coming in. Closure is not out of the question. Evening Standards Arts correspondent Robert Dex is here. Robert, St Paul's is as internationally known as the Houses of Parliament. How could it have come to this? Um, I suppose it comes down to St Paul's is many things. It is a great historic building. It is a place of worship, um, but it is also a tourist attraction, a massive tourist attraction. If you think about every London tourist guidebook, it's probably got a picture of St Paul's on the cover or, or, or near enough. Uh, and, you know, so its income fell by ninety percent last year. I mean, that's an astounding figure. And that's, as I understand it, it's pretty much purely down to, to tourism and to the collapse of tourism, international and, and, and domestic. So um, if you look at the figures, I mean, they're, they're immense. Its annual running costs are £8 million a year. But surely something like St Paul's, which is an internationally recognised landmark. I mean, it's been in Hollywood movies. They've blown it up in Hollywood movies. It can't possibly... It, it's too big to fail, surely. Uh, well, it's not that it's too big to fail, in that sh- but surely the government, the Church of England, somebody between them, will make sure it doesn't fail. I, I mean, if if you think about, I mean, I know certainly in our office there's that copy, of that very famous photograph of the height of the Blitz and smoke and fire everywhere, and the dome of St Paul's rising above it as this sort of eternal symbol of London. Um, uh, it would be the ultimate irony if, if it having survived that, it, it goes down to um, the fact that its roof is leaking and they can't afford to, to pay for it. But it surely, I mean, yes, I think the government will not allow it to fail. I mean, they've given it 3.3 million in their defence already from the Cultural Recovery Fund, but um, that's less than half of its annual running costs. I mean, you just, just think about the size of the building. The business of keeping it open is vastly expensive. And without tourists going to visit, 
there is just no money. You know, the church, I'm sure, are, are spread thinly, like all national institutions, but there might have to be difficult decisions, you know, cuts to things the cathedral does. There might have to be cuts to some of the plans to, to fix. I mean, they were, going, they were going to fix the roof, I think, last year, and they put aside 15 million quid for it. That has obviously now gone just on paying for basically survival. So, you know, I mean, to be fair to St. Paul's, you know, the, the, the dean said big decisions are coming. Something will have to give, you know, not, nothing is free. If if we want, and we're all being encouraged to, to go out more and more in London, aren't we? And I'm sure in a couple of, you know, as time goes on, the pandemic, they will encourage international tourists to come back. And um, you need things for them to be here to come back to. So surely they won't let St. Paul's um, close its doors. No, and, and this is also coming in the very same week that Boris Johnson said he was considering a COVID memorial inside St Paul's isn't it indeed I, I mean I mean that's it I mean it, it is one of those places that it's central to the nation you know the, the fact that people think this is where we will have the Covid memorial says it all it, it, it's one of the as well as being a London landmark it is central to the history of the nation it's like Westminster Abbey you know you would have thought that when they suggested that to somebody at St Paul's St Paul's suggested back um that's marvellous but you're going to have to give us some money to make sure we can keep the doors open for people to come in and see it. So you would think these conversations were hopefully ongoing now and that, you know, progress is being made. And I suppose what it shows is that in London, I guess, around the UK as well, you really can't take anything for granted at all in this post-pandemic world, can you? I mean, there are there are genuine icons of the city that are closing right now. Yeah, I mean, I mean, nothing has an eternal right to survive, does it? I, I mean, as you said, there are some things you'd hope would survive, but um, it comes down to money. All these places have lost out on a year's income, a year and a half's income, and, and it's just not sustainable. You know, we are going to lose an awful lot of things. I mean, hopefully new things will spring up in their place, but yes, we're going to lose a lot. But as you say, you would think somebody in a position of authority would say, St. Paul's is, is on the list of things we cannot lose. Even some of those those little things that people kind of just like to point out when they have visitors down in London, like the, the Arthur Beale shop, the eccentric sailor shop, which, which went viral on Twitter not long ago as being a survivor of the pandemic, that's had to close. Yes, I, I, th- I think they basically said um, a mixture of rising rents and, and the pandemic. But I mean, bizarrely, that, that shop, even though it's sort of it was tagged to sort of selling equipment to sort of sailors and mountaineers and adventurers. Also, as far as I know, did a pretty brisk trade with the West End theatres, you know, which get get through a lot of rope and that, and that sort of thing. Um, and obviously they've not, they've, they've not had that um, custom for a year. And, and I'm sure they could, you know, take that into lots of other sectors where they've, you know, they've lost custom. But no, I mean, it would be very, very sad if you miss those sort of, um, place in London where you know you turn a corner and suddenly confronted with um, something that seems to sort of belong to another age it is one of the great pleasures of walking you know through central London so hopefully um, I mean I, I think they talked about relocating hopefully they won't go too far um, but we will see. And I'd imagine that a lot of those West End theatres and I know you've spoken to lots of producers and actors when it comes down to May 17th, when the, the country is about to reopen again, they must be desperate for London itself to come out in force. Because as you said, the tourists aren't here. So if anyone's going to save this city, it's Londoners. Yes. I mean, I think there is an element of, you know, 
use it or lose it, which sounds more of a threat than a, an enticement. But um, yeah, it, it's it's going to be on us for a, a year, maybe two years before international tourism comes back, if things go on as we think they're going to go on. I mean, and I've just spoken to, to somebody now from the Society of London Theatre, and they have a lot of plans to try to entice people, you know, into the theatre and keep them coming back. Because um, I think there'll be an enthusiastic sort of bounce when we first come back, um, but that will not be enough to sustain it. It's going to be, it's going to have to be more regular, more sustained. We, you know, we're going to have to do our bit basically. And that's the leader. There's more on this in the newspaper and at standard.co.uk. We're back tomorrow at 4pm. Please hit follow to make sure you don't miss an episode. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening.